This episode is sponsored by Escape Pain and Faster Way to Fat Loss, Certified Coach Claudia Montanari. Increase energy, gain lean muscle, improve sleep, decrease inflammation, and change your body with the six-week program. It starts on January 11th and includes 12 sessions in the Whole Body Light Pod, meal guides and grocery lists, targeted workouts, and one-on-one accountability sessions. Plus, incorporate carb cycling, intermittent fasting, and tracking macros to fuel your body. Spots are limited, so go to escapepain.com and register today. That's X-S-C-A-P-E pain.com. Welcome to Hustle and Pro Season 2, talking sports in Frisco from youth to pro. Now here's your host, Kelly Walker. Welcome to today's episode of Hustle and Pro. We have Josh Dill as our guest today. If you don't know him by name, I promise you, you know some of the work that he's done. Uh, because if you've been to or seen or heard of any sporting events in Frisco, Texas, Josh was probably involved in it. So welcome to Hustle and Pro, Josh. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Let's start with a couple of icebreakers um, to get to know you a little better. Who's your favorite athlete? Um, well, really... Kobe Bryant was my favorite athlete. I mean, I was a uh, my screen name on AOL back in the day was Kobe Bryant, KB8 Too Cool. Oh wow, uh, which is really embarrassing. But uh, yeah, I was a I was a Kobe fan from the very beginning. That's awesome. Uh, what's your favorite sports movie? We just did a, an episode discussing this for a while, so I'm curious. What is your favorite? Oh man, I love sports movies. Um, the one that like rings the most uh, true for me, I guess, is is Slapshot. So uh, I, I started working in minor league hockey, and it was just kind of that. It reminds me of that time where a franchise was really struggling to survive. So it's just that old school hockey movie. But uh, man, I watch a lot of sports movies, but uh, that one's probably the one that that hits closest to home. Awesome. Yeah, I I don't know that one. I mean, I know the movie, but I can't think of like watching it myself. But um, it didn't. It wasn't on our on our top list discussion. So I'll have to add that to our. To our list. Yeah, it's, it's probably not uh, as mainstream. And, and for somebody in Texas, I mean, hockey wasn't big back whenever yeah. Slapshot came out. But, uh, you know, just the guy trying to sell the skates and, you know, selling everything he can to try to make it through the season. That was my last first year in minor league hockey. So that it just... Uh, you felt that. I felt it really deep, yeah. Yeah, minor league anything. You, you feel those pains of, <laughs> yep. of trying to get, get a season, get through a season. Um, so... This might be a tough question, but what's your favorite sport? Oof. <laughs> and sometimes we break this down, like, what's your favorite sport for you, yourself, to play or do versus what's your favorite to watch if you're watching something on TV? Sure. I mean, I my favorite sport to watch is probably hockey, mm-hmm. um, which is funny because I never played it. Uh, I could, I'd skated the other day and it, it hurt pretty bad. Um, I mean, I was a better basketball player in high school. I was all district in my senior year, which didn't really mean much because I was at a small school. But uh, that was just I, the game of basketball is is my favorite X's and O's type thing. All right. So basketball and high school and hockey. What else did you do? Like what's your, your sports snapshot look like when you go back and see what all the things you did? Yeah, I mean, I played a bunch of different sports. The only thing I really didn't play was baseball uh, a whole lot. I played some t-ball and stuff, but I played little dribblers, basketball, and and I was a a power tumbler, a tumbling and trampoline person for 10 years, which uh, looking at me now, you probably wouldn't think that. Um, Okay, I want to, like, that's fascinating to me. (laughs) Okay, so I grew up a gymnast, so power tumbling and and, um, what was the other thing you called it? TNT, tumbling and trampoline. Tumbling and trampoline, Okay. So in my world, there wasn't those spin-off pieces and focuses. It was just you're a gymnast 
or you weren't, right? Sure. And then, you know, in your backyard, you were good at trampoline or you were good at tumbling when you when I got older and moved into the cheer world a little sure. more. So then um, where are you from, first of all? I grew up out in West Texas. Uh, okay. my, my parents have a farm just south of Brownfield, which is about an hour, 45 minutes south of Lubbock. Yeah, so. I'm a Red Raider, so I know Brownfield. So then how the heck did somebody growing up there, how'd you get into power tumbling and trampoline? Well, uh, my tumbling coach was from Leveland. Um, and so she kind of had some, like, she traveled around to all the towns that surrounded Lubbock, which is why it was the hub city, right? Yeah. Um, and so she would come to Brownfield and, and uh, a bunch of my cousins and stuff were involved in, in this. And so my mom put me in, I think I was two when I first started and... You know, we just it kind of progressed, and I kept I kept getting a little bit better and better at it. So yeah, that's uh, it's weird when people say like I say I'm a gymnast a lot of times, but right. it was more TNT. So you know, like, working with gymnastics, obviously they do split that up very heavily now. So when she puts you in that young, does she put you in a tumbling class or gymnastics? It's tumbling. Yeah. So you didn't that, do for, so you didn't do event based gymnastics. No, I did. I did long skinny mat. You know, yep. tumbling, tracks and, stuff. and then I did uh, trampoline, and then I we did double mini trampoline as well. well so, wait, what? What's so that? So it's that it's like an apparatus. It's a mini trampoline. Uh-huh. You jump, you do a trick, you jump on the next side, and then you jump off of it. So it's kind of like a vault, but it's a little hmm. mini trampoline. So I did that for until I until I started playing junior high football. I, I did that, and I and honestly, it's funny. I think TNT helped me be a better athlete because I knew how to fall. Yeah. I knew, you know, I, I didn't get hurt near as much. I got hurt tumbling and stuff, but I, I felt like on the football field, I controlled my body a little bit better because of that yeah, background. Probably. And your core, and there's just so many different things you developed as a tumbling or a trampolinist that like you never probably would have otherwise. That's so fascinating to me. Yeah. So, okay. So you said you quit, like, what'd you say, middle school? Yeah. About seventh so, grade. Like, what are the things you're, I'm sure the people listening to this aren't as detailed and interested in specifically, but like, what kind of tricks are you doing at that age? When you're as good as you are, what were you doing? I think, I mean, one of the biggest last tricks that I landed, uh, I think I landed a full, uh, you know, and and it was just a regular, you know, backflip with a full twist. Yeah. And uh, that was a big accomplishment. I, I mean, I was doing a lot of, uh, you know, flip-flops, back handsprings, yeah. whatever. Um, I did, uh, you know, some stuff, some double backs and stuff on the trampoline, but... I was I I had to kind of choose. Do I want to go into more traditional stick and ball sports, um, or do I want to stick with this? And I was having to drive an hour each way to to do the tumbling and trampoline, and I really wanted to play football, even yeah. though it was six man football, so it was a little different. But uh, yeah, we kind of changed paths there. Because tumbling would have put you on the track to be a cheerleader. Yeah. Like, what else are you to do with your schools with those skills? Except if you want to do something with schools, you know, except cheer. Yeah. And my, my school did not have male cheer, cheerleaders. Um, you know, we were uh, a really tiny school. I had I had eleven kids in my graduating class. Wow! So uh, we played six man football. So if you didn't play football, we didn't have a band. We did. We, you know, I yeah. played. I got to play every sport that we had. Sure. But we didn't have baseball um, because we didn't have <laughs> enough, kids. enough kids. Yeah. Can't field the team. Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah, that's a small. Um, there's some small towns out there that build some some six man teams. That's so cool, though. So where did you go after high school? Uh, so I went to school at, at Texas Tech. Okay, you did. Yeah, and I got a PR degree there, and I played some intramural stuff, and I felt like I was a better intramural player than I was a high school player. But you know, of course, I was I was a, a you know six foot two white guy that couldn't play college basketball. I always kind of wanted to, but. Uh, 
I got to live out a little bit of that in the intramural yeah, world. Yeah, dominating in some intramural <laughs> basketball. I played intramurals at Tech also. Um, a little bit of basketball myself and some outdoor soccer and indoor soccer and softball and um, whatever the girl football, powder putt, whatever they call yeah. it. Yeah. When were you at Tech? Uh, let's see, I was there 2002 to 2006. We just missed each other. Yeah. I got out of there and um, just before you got there, yeah. I got there in 97. Nice. All right, so we just wrapped up a really strange sports year, right? <laughs> <laughs> to say the least, yeah. yeah. Um, and so isn't it crazy to think that the Winter Classic was 2020 or 2020? <laughs> like it was the first day of 2020 and it was like a glorious day for – DFW, you know, sporting events, right? It was like the perfect thing. Um, it's funny. Then, I just, uh, we just had, me and my wife just had our anniversary last month and she bought me a panoramic of the Winter Classic because we oh, went, because really? we were both Stars oh, fans. Oh, you were there, yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, we were joking around that day going, man, if we're going to big events like this for all of 2020, you know, the joke being that, you know, whatever you do on the first day of the year is what you're doing all year. It's going like, to be awesome. This is going to be an incredible year. I work in sports. Like, this is going to be awesome. And I, it was literally couldn't have been anything further from the yeah. truth. Then it all comes to a screeching halt, probably during one of your events. So Conference USA was happening at the yep. Star, like mid-tournament, everything gets shut down. I mean, I know things got shut down all over the world and not poor Frisco, whatever, but... For our world, it was during, you know, a, an event here that we brought to the to the city. Um, and so everything kind of stopped. Yeah. So if it sounds like you and your wife are kind of like me and my husband where we do a lot of sports-related things. That's our, that's our spare time. That is what takes up our social life. Yeah. So that's what makes it even harder when something like this happens and you all of a sudden have, we have no FC Dallas games to go sit at. We have no Rough Riders to go sit at and enjoy and take our kids to and all the things, the Ranger, all of our traditions. Yep. So it was hard, right? So what, what did you, did you guys feel that and what did you guys do? Yeah, we, I mean, we, we obviously felt it quite a bit. I mean, I was at home worrying about um, events that we were supposed to be having um, and it was a surreal moment in uh, Conference USA whenever we're sitting in the, in the room at the star with the the whole conference staff and a bunch of the ADs and deciding, you know, I remember that day I, I drove to the gym and uh, got a text that the NCAA tournament was, was being, you know, postponed. And then by the time I left the gym, there was a, I had a text from, from conference USA commissioner saying, Hey, we need you up here right now. Um, and I just left the, the venue to go work out. And then I came back and we were like, so I'm sitting there in my workout clothes and she's like, I don't think we can continue with this tournament. And so she's on the phone. She's getting calls from Mark Emmert from the NCAA president. And, you know, we're sitting there and it, uh, it all just ground to a halt. So, uh, yeah, it was surreal. My, my busy slate of events that I had really in March and April, none of them went off. So we spent a lot more time at home. Um, and then it just seems like from then on, we've been in this waiting period. Initially, it was like, oh, it's going to be, you know, four to eight weeks. And the eight weeks mm -hmm. never ended. Mm -hmm. And we just, you know, we keep making plans. And it seems like every couple of days we throw that plan away and we go with something else. Yeah. But. Like, we'll see if these tickets hold or we'll see if this happens. So one of the things we did, besides getting outside when when it was just our little life in our house, thankfully, we live in a place like Frisco where we could get outside and there's parks. We have baseball fields and walking distance to our house, lots of trails and bikes so where we could still, as a small family of four, um, play sports. But one of the things we did was watch a lot of sports-related stuff on Netflix or on TV. Did you guys get into that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. like, thank goodness The Last Dance came on when it did, right? Because yeah, I needed those 10 weeks of or 10 episodes of, 
of Michael Jordan. Yeah, you needed that uh, something to look forward to. It was like that must-watch TV, and it was kind of fun to realize that like so many people were watching it with you. That's what I think sports is great is it's camaraderie. It's like I'm doing this, but I, you know, just like the Winter Classic, I'm doing this with eighty thousand other people. Yeah, and to hear eighty thousand people yell stars in the middle of the national anthem, yes. it's like bone chilling kind of stuff. Love it. And that's what you know. The, the last dance kind of gave us a taste of that. Like I, I remember we had something to talk about in the office, you know, that week, and you know, I talked to Chuck about, you know, he actually used to work out around Michael Jordan. You know, Chuck works and works with me, and yeah. uh, so he had some insight, and he oh, was talking yeah. about, you know, being sure. in basketball during those. Days and you know, so it was uh, it was fun to kind of again use sports as that thing to kind of come around mm-hmm. uh, and be a part of, but it was it still wasn't live uh, yeah. events. Still not the same, but it's amazing how we were we consumed it anyways. Like people thought it was crazy. Um, I remember the first morning, like EPL soccer came on, and my husband turns on to watch, and it's just so weird that there's no fans. But then. Like, now I like it because I can hear, I like now prefer no crowd noise. Like, mm-hmm. when the FC Dallas um, playoff game the other night was on, I'm like, oh, they have the fake crowd noise piped in. It's too fake. Yep. I can't hear the coach and the players talk. I like, like I want to hear the game. So, it's amazing how it has changed some of our watching preferences. I think the the more hardcore sports fan is kind of like that. Like, I, I like watching basketball, and you can hear the players talking to each other. Yeah. You hear them setting things up, and, and you hear the coaches interacting. You know, I think the more casual sports fan it's almost like a laugh track on a you know a comedy show or something. It's like, yeah. tell me when I should cheer, when I should get excited, or or even if I'm just going to turn back and look at the TV because it got louder. Right, right. But right. Uh, if you're if you're a really sports fan, yeah, I, I get it. Like, you've, it's become somewhat normal to not see the crowds, yeah. which I hate because it's. That, I, I mean, working in sports tourism, we need crowds. Yeah, we do, and and I'm I'm the first one to want to be there too. So, did you watch Lance? I didn't. I, I've I've never been a big cycling person, it's, but it's good enough anyway. Yeah. I mean, I I big enough to know that I just watch Tour de France every time it comes on TV, or not even. I mean, who watches the whole thing? Not yeah. That's a but lot. like you know, the sure. the newsworthy stuff and see who's you know leading whatever leg. But um, it was good. Oh yeah. I think it's good, and also just because he's a Texas, like it's just close to home. So I thought it sure. was interesting. I watched some Aaron Hernandez mm-hmm. stuff, which is that was hard to watch. Um, so, did you get into the cheer um, phenomenon? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've uh, you know it was funny watching that show it, it, with my gymnastics background. Obviously, yeah. a lot of that made sense, and uh, and then some. A lot of those guys were competing when I used to work in, at the Fort Worth Sports Commission, and we hosted a big ACA event mm. there in Fort Worth. And so it was funny. I was like, oh, that's in the convention center. You know, there were times whenever they would show just little clips of them being at a competitive oh, event. Oh, you recognize footage. Yeah. Got so, it. Yeah. It, I, I've always been an appreciator of cheer, even though I never did it because it's like it combines gymnastics. It's very athletic. It's yeah. Very, and, Same. Uh, but it's Same. crazy to see these, these, you know, little girls. And I say little girls. They're young women, but they – their bodies are breaking down because they're they're competing harder than a lot of uh, contact sports. Oh, yeah, it's intense. <laughs> it's a lot more intense than people realize. Absolutely. And a lot of the breaking down comes from what, what you know, the tumbling side of it. I mean, tumblers have lots of cricks and cracks that most people don't realize that really affect your body long term. Oh, yeah. But I, yeah. I still can't stand up without my knees and ankles. <laughs> I, have, I have terrible knees and ankles, and it's all from tumbling. Same. But, man, I'm a sucker for some Texas sports documentary. Um, I also got into Athlete A. Part of because when I was growing up, I was fascinated with the Crowleys and just anything gymnastics. Um, I think when I was asked on this podcast who my favorite athlete is, my answer um, 
is gymnastics. Like it's what I think back when I think of like a lifetime of, of favorite people to watch. Sure. I just I like watching gymnasts, but um, athlete A was a was a big one for that, me. That was that was a hard one for me to watch because I knew a lot of the people in that situation. I the president of of USA Gymnastics at the time, Steve Penny, and I were uh, you know I'd, I'd gone to dinners with him. I literally. A couple of years before all of this went down, I had breakfast with uh, Steve, Bella Caroli, Ron, Gallimore. Uh, you know, I, I was I was friendly with those guys. I went to events and we saw them. We, we, we hosted a lot of gymnastics in Fort Worth and um, we still do over here. So I, I, it was it was really hard for me because I see both sides of what went down and, and taking care of kids is the most important thing and yeah. that's where they messed up. Mm-hmm. But I also know... The business of sports is not always just a clear-cut, easy thing to, to do. And and so, you know, it makes you wonder, you know, everyone says, you know, through hindsight, yeah, that's exactly, that was so wrong. Yeah, and, they but, should have done this right then. Yeah, and, and it's it's easy to see what went wrong in a car accident. But in the moment, people make split-second decisions, and they're not always right. But, yeah, uh, yeah Athlete A was, was one that I definitely consumed, and it was... Uh, but it was a little little odd to watch. It was, I bet, for you, especially knowing those names and faces. Yeah. Um, it was odd to watch for me just thinking back, man, that was so much of my childhood, and I I never experienced anything like those girls did. Everything I can think of was, was positive about my gymnastics life. But, man, it was just powerful. That documentary was super, super important and powerful. And I'm glad they put it out there because the parent side of me watches it thinking, wow, like watching how some of the parents had to – really fight for their children's well-being Yep. when we, I trust coaches so much. I put a lot of trust in what I tell my kids all the time. Like, well, you know, that's what your coach said. Like, that's probably the right thing. Exactly. What you're supposed to do and you want to support your coaches and, and defend your coaches too. But it also kind of like made me go, well, you know, you need to, what does your gut say? If your kid is saying this, yeah, listen and and don't just sweep everything, every complaint under the rug. Like you know, pay more attention. So. Sure, yeah, it's it's definitely a balancing act. Yeah. I think yeah, it's uh, you know, yeah, I'm the same way. You know, I don't want to coach the coaches, but then yeah. at some point you got to go. Okay, if this doesn't seem right, my gut's telling me to fight for it, and that's what some of those parents did, and thankfully they did because they probably helped save a lot of other kids from going through that. Exactly. Like when your parents are saying like, "What's going on with our case?" Oh, they're not getting any. It's like crickets. Well, so, something's wrong, right? Yeah, exactly. And so to save other people from going through it like say something okay did you get into the f1 series i didn't know i hear a lot about it and it's kind of that's i'm, I'm kind of excited because all this content is still available yeah. and so i'm like i've got like a playlist whenever i can find time with not having an fcs championship this year <laughs> maybe i'll have an extra weekend where i can sit down and consume some of that yeah stuff. drive to survive I've, i mean i've heard people that are like now i watch formula one yeah. all the time because i watch that show yeah I wouldn't go that far for me. My husband puts it on now because of, because of the show. But um, it's just, again, it makes you appreciate a, a sport you otherwise wouldn't have really known the nuances of. Yep. Um, it's a good one to watch. Well, and that's what, I mean, the reason I work in sports is, I mean, I like to watch people reach their pinnacle. That's what's so great about sports is there's, there's this thrill of victory. There's this agony of defeat. But there's it takes, you know, a lot of preparation, a lot of hard work to get to this. And that's kind of what, you know, and we'll talk about this another time. But, like, even working events, it's the same kind of theory. Like, I, I prep for events. You know, we work hard for several months, and then we execute an event, and you sit there, and you go, okay, that's that's awesome. Like, so it's it's still competing in a way. Yeah, and, the, the journey of yeah. seeing the journey to make to see what, you know, a two-hour event, knowing the journey behind it. And like you said, the prep that goes into it. And that's part of what the Drive to Survive is. I mean, you see footage of them all sitting in a room 
20 guys with headphones on watching footage or I don't know what they're watching. And then just listening to the dynamics between all the people that it takes to put this one guy or a mm. couple of guys on a team in a car and race is yeah. really amazing. So yeah, watch that one if you get a chance. So then there's a funny one I want to ask you about. Have you gotten into Ted Lasso? So I've watched a couple of episodes. My wife is not a big fan uh-huh. and you know, we have young children, so we yeah. kind of have to figure out what we're doing with our TV time, and that's not her favorite. So yeah, um, there's some language in there. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, she just uh, uh, it's it's kind of goofy to her. It's a goofy show, but I really mm-hmm. like Jason Sudeikis Me a too. lot. Yeah, I've, so I, I, my plan is to watch that. You know, whenever I get back to traveling and doing things for normal work, um, that'll be something I probably watch on the road. Yeah, that's a good road road trip when your wife's not around, so you don't have to bother her with it. Yeah, it's so funny to me. It just cracks me up. I love anything that shows the business behind sports. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, you know, and that's there's a lot of that in yeah. there. And well, because it's not about the soccer. No. I mean, the soccer on the field is funny. It's comical. It's not real. Like it, you can tell that the soccer footage is stupid. Oh yeah. But it's not what it's about. Like it's the relationship with the owner and just the dynamics of you know bringing this goofball football coach in sure. to, to this team in London. Like, I just thought it was hilarious. So that's something I got into. So then a lot of people, I'm fascinated with this weird year of not having as much sports to go to. Um, I'm fascinated with people getting more active or less active because it could go either way this year. What did it look like for you? So it was kind of a little bit of both. I mean, last summer, I kind of realized like I needed to focus on my health a little bit. So I started working out and going to the gym, um, but I hadn't really changed my diet or anything. So I lost a little bit of weight. Um, and then we stopped going to the gym during the first part of COVID because, yeah. and, and we were working out with Chuck that works with me and my wife, we were all going. Um, once we stopped having daycare and things like that, it was got much harder. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, well, it's, it's probably not safe to be at the gym. So we stopped and I gained quite a bit of weight back. And then it was towards the end of the summer that I went, okay, like, let's start doing this again. And I got real focused. I, I went to like a mostly a keto diet mm-hmm. and uh, we were going out on the, the bikes and, you know, being more active, but then really got back in the gym. And so uh, for the last about five or six months, it's been, I've been really active and I've been able, you know, I, I wasn't traveling and a lot of times I have to take people to dinner and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, let's order the best thing on the menu. So I was really strict with it and it's, uh, it's paid off and I've seen some results, which has been nice. What's your results? So this morning I hit 50 pounds that I had lost since the end of August. 50. That's huge. Yeah. That's awesome. So you just kind of got tired of letting letting the the lockdown like get the best of you. I mean, we all I felt that too. A lot of people have. And there was like a point in time where you just said, "Okay, enough's enough. Like let's get back out there and figure it out." And was it an equal amount of change in diet and change in movement or like was it mostly the diet that did it? I, I mean, I think it takes both. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that helped is I got a I got a smoker. Um, so I got a Traeger and started doing some some pellet smoking and uh so that helped with the keto, obviously eating meat, as long as it's something that I, you know, again, it's like competing. I get to, I get to prep for it. I get to think about it. I get to make plans yes. and then I get to see it come to fruition the process. and I yeah. get to, you know, I get to consume it and feel like it's something that, that came from me a little bit. Um, so that helped a lot. Um, you know, and then 
but we've been we've been lifting uh, pretty heavily for the last couple of months, and so it's been fun. I've been tracking everything. I see my muscle increasing, and then I can see my body fat going down. So, yeah. but I, I was just, it was it was a mood thing, you know. I was really I wanted more endorphins. I wanted to be happier. I didn't want to be tired every time I had to get out and do something. Um, and it's changed everything. I mean, I think it's changed my relationship with my wife and my kids, and. I just I can do a lot more, although it's kind of hard right now going to the gym after work and not getting home till it's dark. But uh, yeah, but it's worth it because it's helping. Yeah, I know. I feel you, and I agree with you with the weights. I'd put off and sort of resisted that whole you know being somebody who lifts weights for so long, and so many females do. Mm-hmm. But um, John over at Conquer Fitness uh, in the last couple of years taught me how. And I like that's when I would see different results. I did a lot of other things, but until I actually just started using, I mean, I'm talking like eight, 10, 12 pound weights, not yeah. like I'm like doing a lot. I mean, I had to work up to like bench pressing with some weights on the bar. Sure. I'm not a like, I'm a, not a strong person, but um, that's when the body fat comes off. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, because your body, because you're tearing those muscles up a little bit and mm-hmm. your body's recovering from that, you know, for it's not just cardio where you burn what you burn while you're doing it. You're kind of burning the whole time. But I understand it because it's, uh, I mean, even growing up being an athlete, I never really learned how to really lift weights. Me neither. And and my wife definitely didn't. My wife was not an athlete in, in high school. Um, but you know, Chuck is a coach, he, you know, coaches basketball and, and he was a college athlete, a pro athlete. So he was able to kind of show us, you know, you don't just have to go in and pick up this machine or do what, you know, he's kind of showed us how to build plants. And so now I can uh-huh. go to the gym and I can make a plant. When my wife goes, we have to go separately because we still don't have, you know, yeah, yeah. Place, daycare. you know, daycare and all of that stuff. But, you know, I can kind of say, well, here, let's hit, you know, back and buys today. And here's three and three that we can do. And, and so, you know, but it was funny, we were working out with somebody yesterday, me and Chuck were, and I was telling her, he kept saying, are you breathing? Are you breathing? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, do you know what he's saying? He's not saying like, are you, phys-? He's are saying, you alive? <laughs> he's like, whenever you're, you know, whenever you're pushing the weight up, you should be exhaling. I was like, I had to learn that. Me and, too. and he was like, and, and Chuck was like, oh, I didn't think to teach her that, you know? And so she was like, oh, that does make sense. But you're right. Like in, in, with his path, he was taught that at some point. But and you said your wife wasn't. I was an athlete in high school, but my high school was not, they were not teaching us that. I think they were probably teaching the football boys how to be in the weight room. But see, but, all we did in football, I did squats, bench press, and um, like some leg press. That's all we yeah, had. We okay. had a very rudimentary right. gym too. So I didn't know how to, you know, I walk into a gym and I'm intimidated. There's right, the hundred pieces of machines yeah, in here. Yeah, me know? too. And yeah, and I don't even think we stepped foot in a weight room, girls in high school. But that was, I mean, I was a cheerleader, but like softball, they're not going to take soccer. They're, we just didn't do that back sure. then. But now everybody in high school, I think Briscoe, every athlete gets weight room every other day. <laughs> yeah, these kids And off are... season and all summer. And like my daughter started learning how to lift weights or be in a weight room safely and all that in seventh grade. Sure. And so I'm like, this is sweet. Like she has a really good foundation of how to safely be in a weight room. And so now if she wants to go work out with me, I'm like, okay, great. I don't, I don't have to babysit you. Like I know you know how to use the equipment and somebody's taught you, she probably knows more than I do about it. I think that's kind of why I gravitated towards Frisco a little bit is because it was just, it's sports was part of the culture. Yeah. It's, you know, everywhere I've been before, it's like, yeah, we like sports, but you know, here it's like, I mean, these kids are coming out and they're getting, you know, top level coaching. They they have all of the, they have everything kind of in front of them. For if sure. you want to go and be a, a pro soccer player, you have access to that right here. 100%. Um, and that's why, you know, I, I was in Fort Worth before and I loved being over in, on the west side of the Metroplex. 
but I was like, man, for sports, there's not a better place than Frisco. I agree. Okay, that's a good that's a good ending. So my question to end this podcast, when life is back to normal, I want to have you back and let's let's look at all the stuff that um, Visit Frisco um, does to bring more sports here mm-hmm. and to amplify the sports that happen here. We'll have to talk about that another time. But what are you most looking forward to when things are back to normal experiencing sports in Frisco? I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to crowds, honestly. The thing that I think we need, you know, with the, whether it's through the vaccine or whatever, is, is confidence. We need confidence that we can safely go and do these things. I know what the protocols are at each place. I think we have very smart sports operators here. So the events that we are doing, are, I think, are, are safe. But I think the general public is, is just very unsure of their own safety. So whenever everyone kind of feels confident again that they can get out there and you can go and you can stand next to someone that you don't know and scream at the top of your lungs and high-five somebody that you've never met, that is what I'm looking forward yeah. to the most is just that – that sense of community of being in the same building and cheering for people you may have never met, but it's all it's, we're all rowing the boat in the yeah, same direction. I love that. I love that. What is your favorite event in Frisco? Ooh. In a perfect year when everything happens. In a perfect year. Um that's hard. That's like having to pick like your favorite I know, child. They're your babies, I'm sure. Um, I really like <laughs> any of the events that are kind of that long prep time. So with the FCS championship um, that we run you know, that we start prepping for that usually in August. Oh. And we have meetings, you know, sometimes biweekly and then closer in we're having, you know, weekly and daily meetings about that. I like events that uh, I have to be at. Lone Star Conference basketball is one. It's a smaller tournament, but I'm there and I'm in, involved in every aspect of the event. So at the end of it, I'm exhausted, but it's that exhausted that I love. Yeah. Like, oh, I just competed is how I feel. Yeah. And so, um, whew. My my favorite event, yeah, it's probably pro, FCS is probably way up there just okay. because it's it's on on national TV. It's yeah. it's great, but we've got and it's that football feel and all that good stuff and Toyota Stadium and checks a lot of boxes. Well, we get to work with all the great partners we have here. Yeah. So well, I'm excited to talk to you about that uh, in a future episode when we can explore all the things. We're going to run down a list so long of what's coming back to Frisco, people won't even believe it, right? Yeah, we're we're already starting to make that uh, list. We've got some really good. cool stuff in the pipeline. So. Good. Well, here's here's to that. I'm excited to have that back. Thank you. I know you are busy. Um, so thanks for coming in and chatting with us and giving us a peek into your sports background. Yeah, thanks for having me and uh, thanks for doing this. I think it's it's important to have somebody talking about all the great sports stuff that's happening in Frisco. You guys are doing a great job. Well, thanks. We're here every week talking about youth players, pro players, coaches, organizers, entrepreneurs, whatever it is. If they want to talk to me about sports, I'll talk to them. So we love doing that. Um, So thank you for listening to this episode of Hustle & Pro. Remember to subscribe however you listen to your podcast. And do me a favor, um, hit that review on iTunes and tell us how you're liking it. We'll see you next week.